0: What's up? We got Tim from Peplish on this episode. They are located in Queens, New York, and on this episode, we really dig into working on your recipes, scaling up, starting your hot sauce company. we got some good stories uh, that we both share from our own experiences a couple years into this. So hope you enjoy this. Our music is by Danielle Hecht. She's doing her solo debut in New York in a couple weeks. I'll be linking to the whole song at the end of this podcast, but she's also joined by Greg Blair and Bobby Spellman. So hope you enjoy this and without further ado we got Tim here.
1: play one
2: time tim thank you for being here yeah no problem thanks for having me really you excited to be here you got it you
0: got it. i know i was feeling like I'm on the east coast together it'd be nice if we could uh, uh be in the, the same room but maybe some other time for kind of around too
2: yeah, I mean, the, the winter's kind of rough up here, so, I mean. Yeah, uh, especially, especially when there's a
0: bomb cyclone.
2: Yeah. Like, oh, no, it was a crazy story. A f- friend of mine, actually, um, he lives in, close to the water in Salem, o- over there in Boston. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. By Boston. And he said that the, the water swelled and started, like, going up and down his street, and he has some pictures of that, like, there's, like, a river of ice and water just going down his street.
0: Yeah, it, it, even in downtown Boston, uh, it was like a lazy river with just chunks of ice. And actually today I was outside in shorts just because when it's, when it's 50 degrees out, you have to wear shorts, right? <laughs> but I want to start off, how'd you originally get into hot sauce?
2: When I was, so it really all started when I was like pretty young. Um, my dad introduced me to sauces, you know, like Frank's, Tabasco, stuff like that. Um, and did you grow and- up in Queens? No, I actually grew up uh Eastern Long Island, like way okay. off by where the, where it forks by Riverhead. Um but yeah, like my dad uh was pretty into spicy stuff. Um and they would grow like jalapenos in the garden and whatever and I would just eat them like straight from the garden. As I was getting older, high school and stuff, my friends and I would like pr- play practical jokes on each other by um taking all these hot peppers and like s- smashing them and then rubbing rubbing them uh on each other's faces at night. Wow. Well, has, that's like, uh, uh, stuff. pretty extreme. So yeah, we were, we were pretty, um, I guess to put it politely mischievous teens. But, <laughs> uh, um, it wasn't until I got to college that I, I had my first bottle of hot sauce that I thought was actually spicy. And that was Dave's gourmet insanity sauce. Yes. That, that
0: I can attach that stuff is hot.
2: Yeah. So that was the first time I actually had something that was like really spicy, but what disappointed me about that sauce was it's, it was just like all spice to me and not much flavor. Was it in college that you
0: did that first batch?
2: It wasn't until I graduated and started working. I I moved into my fiance's um, parents' house. And so I, w- I moved into here and they have a, a little yard that I was allowed to do gardening in. And I grew my own stuff and I thought, oh, I'm going to grow some hot peppers. Let me try that. So I started growing like habaneros. Um, mm-hmm. They're called like cherry bombs. And yep. Banana peppers, I think I grew too. I can't remember. But um, I did look up a recipe, found one online. And actually that recipe first started out with um, molasses in it and peaches. Then I went on to using eventually honey for the recipe in order to make all of my sauces vegan friendly. I just decided to do away with the honey and do something similar to honey, which is agave syrup.
0: Do you kind of have any core tenets of your, your recipe that you're thinking?
2: Yeah, I mean, every single sauce that I make has some sort of combination of what I try to do is do a sweet ingredient, which is typically some, like a fruit or berry, uh, a savory ingredient. And then uh, lastly, I use apple cider vinegar for all of the recipes, just because I think that that has the most pleasant flavor from all the vinegars. Then, uh, then I use a lot of turmeric, is in in there also to give it that like bright, vibrant yellow color, Yep. which is somewhat similar to the uh, blueberry basil shallot I kind of use. I used quite a bit of ginger in that sauce to kind of like sort Uh of like zest it up a bit.
0: Yeah, so blueberry basil shallot, uh, especially with like New York, there's a lot of hot sauce companies there, but everyone's kind of doing their own unique thing.
2: Yeah, that's, that's like the beauty of like the hot sauce industry is that you look at it on paper and it looks saturated, but then you go to an expo and you're not going to find the same sauce.
0: Would you say you've been inspired by any kind of hot sauce crafters or mainstream hot sauces?
2: I would say if anything, not hot sauce, but ice cream, Ben and Jerry's. Like I, I love what they do with their ice cream. I love them as a company. Yeah. And that's the type of company I'd like to aspire to be as a company, you know, and running my own company. But if I had to pick a hot sauce company that helped get me into the game, I would say it was uh, Dave's Gourmet. And also just like the story behind Dave's Gourmet is actually pretty funny of how his sauces got that hot and why he started making hot sauce like that. He owned his own little taco shop somewhere. I think in Maryland, maybe in the Baltimore area. I can't remember exactly where, but he would have a lot of, like, I think, drunk college kids or, like, just drunk people coming in really late at night because he was open late, and they just wouldn't leave. So he thought, oh, like, I'm going to – and he would tell them, like, you need to go, this and that, and they wouldn't listen. So Uh he he tried to make the sauce spicier and spicier (laughs) so that they just wouldn't eat there, but then people just kept coming back because it just kept getting spicier and spicier, and people loved it. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of how we started.
0: That's awesome. When did you kind of make that first leap to go into a commercial company and and, and what did that look like?
2: All right. Yeah. So when I first started, I started with my own peppers that I grew in the backyard and I had to buy extra because I I was really bad at growing stuff Uh, my (laughs) first time. I had to buy more from the store, made my own recipe based off of, you know, for the peach agave garlic. And a lot of people really liked that sauce and they're like oh man can i get like a bottle of this and i'm like i don't i mean i don't have i only made this right bottle for myself for this year because i didn't really expect to like it, it would come out well but uh then the following year um people started asking like oh can i get more of that stuff so and that's when i was like huh maybe maybe I can maybe I can actually like bottle my own stuff and like give it out as gifts to friends and family and then the next year um that's when it, everything like I wouldn't say blew up but like I was growing I tons of pepper plants I think I had 18 pepper plants going that was pretty fun because I had like all different types of um habaneros I had I red savina habaneros I had chocolate habaneros I had the um I forgot what they're called but it's a mixture of it's kind of like a rainbow. It goes from orange, yellow, to green on one pepper. It looks really nice. Nice. Um, wow. and then I had ghost peppers, uh, chocolate ghost, uh, peach ghost, like a whole bunch of stuff. So some pretty hot peppers. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what I, I settled on for a particular ratio in my sauces. Of yeah. Habanero to ghost pepper, and so habanero is
0: your your kind of lowest.
2: Yeah, so the, okay. the habanero is mainly for the flavor, and the ghost pepper is to kick up the heat a bit. Um, but yeah, like I try, so what I, I normally do is um, when I heat the sauce off to pasteurize it, um, I try not to let it boil. Because if it boils, then that's when everything starts to get uh, pretty ugly in color, it starts browning a lot. Um, So what I usually try to do is keep it between 180 to 200 degrees Fahrenheit and just hold it there while I'm pasteurizing it.
0: And can you kind of walk through that pasteurization process? Because I think a lot of people aren't quite sure of the exact things that you have to do.
2: I never cooked my sauces before um, until I started this whole commercial venture. And I sent my sauces away to a certified food lab to get them approved and the food lab uh, contacted me back and was like so they have a two-week lifespan i'm like what do you mean it's hot sauce it's yeah. supposed to last like forever and yeah they were like oh because of the amount of fruits in there and and the ph is a little high for us um it we can only certify it to have like a 14 uh day lifespan and i was like you gotta be kidding me and they're like well you, you can do one of these two options. You can either make the pH go lower and add uh, a preservative or you can make the pH go lower and then pasteurize the sauce. And I was aiming to get into stores like Whole Foods. So I was like, well, I can't put a artificial preservative in there. Yeah. Um, Cause that wouldn't fly with them. So I opted for the lower pH and pasteurizing. Pasteurizing is actually a very simple process and it's a very big word for basically just killing bacteria at a high temperature. That's all it really is. The whole pasteurization process would be, say, I blend all the ingredients up and I put it in a pot. And then in the pot, I heat the whole sauce up, you know, making sure that it's well stirred, kind of uniform. And then it's reaching at least 180 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And then I hold it at at least 180 degrees Fahrenheit for five minutes. And then that's, and then after that, I have to hot pack it into glass bottles yep. you know, with some sort of film on the cap um, to provide some sort of seal for the bottle.
0: So do you have three hot sauces right now, m- main ones that you're
2: yeah, and selling? Yep, I have three certified recipes because um, in New York State, they have to be approved by a certified food lab. And oh, then, wow. yeah, and then I'm allowed to produce them after that.
0: Cool. And have you been out, out of the same commercial kitchen since you, you started doing it commercially?
2: Yeah, since I started commer- uh, commercially producing, I've been at the same kitchen just because they have the proper um, equipment for me to be able to produce. So they have like large uh, industrial immersion blenders as well as a 40-gallon brazier, which heats up the sauce really quickly. Otherwise, like heating up right. 30 to 35 gallons of so- sauce is going to take forever. Yeah. in like a pot and I would need several pots going at once. So. so how,
0: how, like how long does, do you do batches throughout the whole year? Is this kind of during the kind of the harvest season of October, November? Is, it, is that when you're making most of your sauces and are they big
2: batches? So what I do normally is I'll buy a lot of the stuff during harvest season. So a lot of the peppers. Yeah. And also the high school that I source from, they have most of their peppers available from September to end of October.
0: So you so- source peppers from the high school?
2: Yeah, from a high school in Queens, John Bound High School. Awesome. They have like an agricultural program at the school, which is like sort of unheard of in New York City. Yeah. Only because there are only two farms that I know about in New York City. <sighs> and one is at a high school and the other one's at a museum in Queens. Yeah, like they have a pretty cool program where they they teach kids stuff like science behind farming, farming, different farming techniques, um, animal care, because they have animals there at the high school. And it's like a full farm. It's not like, oh, a little community garden they tend to. Like two full fields. Wow. One of the fields is dedicated to um, what they call land labs, where the students grow their own stuff over the summer. And then in the fall, when it's time to harvest, they're graded on. What it is that they grew and the yield and stuff like that. That's cool. So yeah, and that was also like a chance meeting that I um, got involved with them because I was talking to my friend. He was like, "Oh, I think I know a guy who runs a farm at high school," and I was like, "All right, that'd be cool to talk to them." And then I met the guy. Um, and it was very informal conversation, and it kind of ended with like, "Oh, yeah, we could probably do something like that for you." And I was like, "Okay, cool, but no, I'm not ready yet. It's January and." of 2016 and I'm not producing yet so well we'll have this conversation some other time totally forgot about it and I thought it was just a passing conversation and October rolls around and I get a text from unknown contact and yeah. it was like hey so your peppers are ready I'm like <sighs> who is this and then I call them up and they're like oh yeah I'm like so and so at John jump high school we grew a whole bunch of peppers for you and I'm like um and uh like in my mind i'm thinking i have nowhere to put this (laughs) uh how like how am i going to deal with all this so my first thought was all right well i'm just gonna buy them anyway because this is something that i want to do with my business and and um make these commitments to programs like those Mm -hmm. so i go there thinking um how much are they actually producing it's got to be like at most 15, 20 pounds. I go there and they're like, Oh yeah. So we picked 115 pounds for you. And I'm like, oh my God. and it's like full, full three boxes full. And I'm like, uh, I, I can't carry this. Where am going to put this. I need help. <laughs> so what I did was actually, um, I, I put them in my car and then I drove to my parents' house, which is like an hour and a half away from, from that high school East. And I was like, Mom, we gotta peel pick off all these stems <laughs> oh, and put God. them in your chest freezer. And she's like, All right, let's do it. And we just what sat there and we just, Yeah, we just sat there, picked them all off and put it in her chest freezer. And I try to keep them only in the green sauce so that I can extend the life of the sauce and continue to say that we source peppers from the high school. So my dad was a little annoyed about it because my dad loves fishing and he has two two chest ah. freezers and I was basically one was completely full with peppers and he was like, Hey, so when you come in and pick them up, when you getting more, yeah. are you getting your own freezer? And like, that was the whole thing, like going on with my parents and that, but the whole experience of like driving away from that, I thought to myself, I'm really doing it. Like, yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually, I have a business
0: and I'm doing you know, what I want with my
2: business. I'm making a positive impact in my community. I love this. So it was, yeah. it was a really good feeling, like driving away from that. Even that's though awesome. I was like terrified because I didn't know what to do with all those peppers.
0: Yeah. And are you full time with peplish or are you also have a night job as a uh, Tim Paulman said? He-
2: <laughs> yeah. So like right now I'm technically full time in this. Um, cool. My wife works. So that, that, that's really good because we have a, really good partnership together talking about um you know like uh financially supporting each other and stuff like that and i did work for the for new york city beforehand and what i did was i saved up as much money as i could pumped it into like investment accounts and stuff like that and also saved uh, a good chunk of money just uh for to for the starting capital of my business yeah so that i didn't have to go for loans i didn't have to do a kickstarter i didn't have to rely on other people I mean, granted, that's just my my attitude towards a lot of these things. Like in chemistry lab in college, like I would ask the TA, like, "Hey, can you not pair me with anyone? Because I don't trust. I don't trust anyone." <laughs> but yeah, I'm working on that. I'm working on my trust issues and trying to be more more people friendly and and uh, just be a generally nice guy. So.
0: So, do you have people helping you out when you make
2: hot sauce? Yeah, um, most of the time. I mean, there was only two two shifts where I was by myself making hot sauce, but it wasn't so bad because um, I was making one of my sauces, the the red sauce, peach agave garlic. That doesn't have a lot of fresh ingredients to blend up compared to um, like the apple cilantro lime, like everything in the apple cilantro lime sauce yeah. is a fresh ingredient that I have to like chop up myself. So usually I ask people for help for the Uh, green sauce, and the blue sauce. So just also a reference, the blue sauce, I call it the blue sauce because it has blueberries in it. Yeah, I
0: like that. Nice. And how many, so when you do a batch, is that like using most of that 40-gallon?
2: I mean, initially I was like, so talking about like horror stories and stuff like that, (laughs) um, my first session, my first shift in the kitchen was, I was with a friend of mine from high school. Great guy. Um, not the best in the kitchen, but he has the heart to help, which I really appreciate and I, I love about him. Um, but he didn't properly wash the, like rinse the cilantro at first. And I, when he came back to me, he was like, okay, I rinsed them all, and they were all still in like rubber bands and stuff. And I'm like, I really thought I was going to have the cilantro ready at this time. And I was planning on making all three sauces at one uh, in one shift, and it was a six and a half hour shift. Biggest mistake ever because I only made two 270 bottles of the the green sauce, and I had to pack away half of the red sauce and the blue sauce. Like I just I couldn't I couldn't cook them, and I had to throw the other half away. Oh, oh, so man. it was, it was I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna totally produce like seven hundred and fifty bottles. And I was like, oh, right, I have to clean the brazier in between each sauce. I have to make sure that all the fresh ingredients are blended up. this and that, And I was like, you gotta be but at the same time, yeah. like I looked at that and thought, well, here are the things that went wrong. And yeah. I thought to myself, you know let me let me reflect on that and try not to do those things again. So now whenever I go to a shift, it's I produce one sauce at a time unless I have to produce two Mm -hmm. and so that I can focus on producing as many as I can. And like that first time I was making maybe, I don't know, 15 gallons worth, not even like 10 to 15 gallons worth of green sauce. Now I can do like 30 to 35 gallons of a sauce at a time and finish within a six and a half to eight hour window. Nice. And does
0: that, does that recipe change as you went from doing 10 gallons to 30 gallons? Because I mean, I'm sure just even heating up that much, uh, you're probably gonna be burning off more with the heat at the bottom and like having to add more liquid in as you're pasteurizing and everything.
2: Yeah. So that was, that was a huge issue that I had um, with all of my sauces is that um, a lot of, a lot of water evaporates from when I'm trying to uh, pasteurize the sauce. Yeah. And so what I had to do was I had to add more liquid to the sauce in order to compensate for that. But it's not, it's not much generally. And I think I found the sweet spot of, it's only like, I think maybe 5% extra water or something like that, extra liquid. And that generally um, helps with, um, with the pasteurization process
0: so you, you segued nice i didn't i didn't take the segue but you talked about a fail story do you have any any other that come to mind
2: i mean it's i'm glad to hear that other people have done the same thing but uh, <laughs> so like that first day that i was i i had that huge failure story i mean the whole the whole shift in the in the, that day was just it was horrible because i had used gloves and respirators and everything to make the hot sauces but what I didn't use was gloves and respirators to wash all the bowls and everything. Yes. Oof, yeah. So, and then th- I'm washing it with hot water. And <clears throat> for some reason, no faucet in that entire facility was producing cold water. Oh, and like everything was like blazing hot. My hands were burning for days. And I, I couldn't like, my, hand, my hands and arms were hurting oh. for like three days straight. And I couldn't like put them down. And I was holding them up. You ever, um, you ever see, um, Talladega Nights? The yeah. Ballad, yeah, that part where he's being interviewed yeah. and he keeps lifting his hands. That's, that's yeah. how I was walking around. <laughs> all the time.
0: Okay, so another question: uh, What's your f- favorite non peplish hot sauce?
2: There was one that I I treated for recently at a at a Chili Pepper Show in Pennsylvania. It's made by jack and jekyll it's their butterscotch mustard sauce
0: yes yes i I, yeah that was yeah i uh jack jekyll did a uh a craft hot sauce profile on our on our site a couple of years ago and a lot stood out with them and i i met them last year at the new york hot sauce expo uh but i mean they have really um great artwork and really detailed stuff but they also have really uh unique flavors and i had that at the well so i'm i always go to the new york hot sauce expo it's i have a blast i have i have so much fun there uh the whole time but it's it's so difficult for me because everyone's like oh like hey brian like you didn't try this one last year like try this I, I trust this is really good. Like I, In my mind, I can envision what this tastes like, but I, I only have like 30 more taste tests before I get this pit of fire in my stomach. And that was, it was the first time that I got a pit of fire in my stomach was at the, my first hot sauce expo. Uh, but I, I have to plan out my strategy for which sauces I'm trying. So I, I know there's like a limit of like 50 to 60 before something bad happens. Okay, this question is meant to throw you off. You have three seconds to answer this. What's your favorite band? Uh, the Killers. Okay, nice. I think oh, they were they were in uh, Boston the other night.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, I like I don't I don't follow mu- music all that much myself, but like if I'm gonna go and pick a band, I would definitely go with the Killers, only because um, that's what I used to listen to in college, and all the time, like all of their albums, like Sam's Town. Uh, the killers' out original album and everything. Nice. So yeah, I'm a big fan of them. Uh,
0: is there anyone that kind of like stands out that's like really helps you along your journey the most? Like, seems like you got a lot of people that you mentioned already, um, but any, anyone else that, or anyone that you want to
2: highlight? Uh, absolutely. Like, my wife has been the largest help in all of this. Um, with Providing like research for finding different types of events to go to um, Competitors where they're selling who I should try to sell to like just yesterday She's like oh, I found these two shops ones in Connecticut one's in Rhode Island You should go check them out or like you should Call them or email them and say nice. they want to carry the sauces um, She found another hot sauce expo um, J- Jungle Jim's weekend of fire, which is in Ohio Oh um, nice Yeah, she's really good at, like, putting her head down and being able to, like, grind out work. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the type of um, work ethic she has. Whereas with me, I'm like, sometimes I'll hit a wall and be like, this is really difficult. And I'm going to go do something else to distract myself for a while and then come back to it. But she's like, just those, like, I just got to get it done type of people. And it doesn't matter how much it sucks, it's got to get done. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's really nice about her.
0: Shout out to Gloria. Uh, and kind of one last question It's kind of a two part question, where can people buy your hot sauce?
2: Um, let's see. So on my website, there is a store locator. So I am in a few stores around uh, New York city. So like for instance, heat um, awesome store, Sahadi's, which is, um, a store that's been around since like the 1930s, I I believe in Brooklyn. Same spot, um, Sahadi's imported fine foods, which is really nice. Um, another, a lot of like uh, specialty beer and cheese shops, because I actually used to work for Whole Foods before I went full-time with the business so that I would know how to get my sauces into Whole Foods. Nice. And the my supervisor actually um, recommended a few shops that I should look into, like Astoria Beer and Cheese, um, there's another, a Brew Cheese, which is in uh, Eastern Long Island in Stony Brook. Um, I had a few companies that I found off of Instagram, like Greenport Fire, North Fork Fire, um, some like it Hot and Spicy, which is out in Huntington on Long Island. Yep. And then a few uh, stores online as well. So um, one of them is, so I don't know what it is, like how to pronounce it specifically because i think the guy who runs it is french and if i'm going to pronounce pronounce it it's in french it's my pannier but i think in english it's my pannier so it's m-y-p-a-n-i-e-r dot com so it's like an artisanal uh product uh website I'm not and, I'm
0: not gonna try to repronounce that too it's <laughs> much better than I would do. Sounded <laughs> <not> right.
2: <laughs> and then I got into uh, Heat Hot Sauce Shop, which is out in California, which is pretty pretty awesome shop. They have their own um, monthly subscription box as well. So yeah. hopefully get sauces into that. And yeah.
0: uh, Well uh Tim, we, we do too. We have a monthly subscription club too and uh awesome. and we'll, I'll get your, your sauces on there. Oh, I didn't even know that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, great. And
0: actually I have a quick question about Whole Foods because I mean, it's a huge store now with Amazon that's going to take over the world. You want your hot sauces taking over the world with them. Um, but are you in Whole Foods? I
2: am technically in their system, but I haven't sold them any sauces yet just because it's been a pretty long and arduous process to get in. Okay. Um, because it was,
0: a whole podcast I'm getting into Whole Foods.
2: Yeah, I mean I have a whole story behind it and how like I had I had given them probably like two cases of each sauce already to like for like samples like to different people in Whole Foods and also uh, to t- they needed a case each of the sauces to like measure them for logistical reasons for like shipping and stuff like that just in case they ever get. Like if I ever get um into, uh, like some sort of a dis- distribution network with like UNFI or something. Yeah. So they, yeah, they they were um, it's like two cases worth of sauce already that I gave them sa- uh, gave samples to them of each sauce. So that's like six cases in total. Wow. Okay. And not only that, just like going back and forth, and the way that it all happened was I worked for them. I talked to the guy who was like the assistant store leader for the store I was working in. He was like, oh, yeah, I used to be the grocery buyer for the Long Island region. I could talk to a few guys, introduce you to them and see, you know, like where, where it can stick. Because in, in order for a company to get into Whole Foods, you either have to go through the corporate regional person, uh, which is like they call him the, the food forager or something like that. And they find local products from around a particular region and then int- start introducing into the stores. But you don't have say on where your product goes and which yeah, store. Sure. And the other way is you can go to individual stores, talk to the buyers and the team leaders in each department and be like, hey, would you want to buy this product? And then they can put it into the system, make a request to put it in the system. Uh, And then you start in that store where the request was put in. So I did the latter. Okay. The way that happened was I was introduced to uh, eight grocery department uh, team leaders within the New York City and Long Island area. Four of them responded to me saying like, hey, I would love to try your sauces, give them a chance. Two of them actually said, of those four said, yeah, like I'll submit the paperwork for you. And then one of those two actually did the paperwork. So, like, I lucked out having, like, one of eight people actually, like, do the work with me. Yep, And that took me from, like, last January to last August. So, it was, like, seven months' worth of, like, following up with them, giving them samples, making sure I'm talking to the right people. And then, like, that whole transition happened with Whole Foods being bought out by Amazon. And then, like, this whole, like, and they were, like, basically telling me, like, oh, can you like contact us in like a month? We barely know what's what's going on here ourselves and what the structure is going to look like. And I'm like, all right, well, time of chaos, I guess, right? So, yeah, yeah, so it all all worked out in the end. Um, Whole Foods is not small business friendly, just to let you know, even though they may say they are. Yeah. And what they might define as small business, you know, like could be like a company that's already making only like $200,000 a year.
0: Yeah. And even, uh, it's competitive with that one shelf there. Like I, uh, even in my local Whole Foods, there's six or seven hot sauce companies from the area, which is, which is awesome that they're in there. Yeah. But then a shelf below there's another half a dozen that are half the price. Uh, Yep. Uh, well, Tim, do you have any kind of like final, uh, final thoughts or anything else you'd like
2: to add? Um, I, I guess just one piece of advice to anyone who wants to start a, a business just in general is just um, what I had to do for myself was I had to figure out why I'm doing what I'm doing in order to keep walking forward and keep moving forward because I'm going to encounter dev- encounter devastating failures like I mentioned before about that first day um, or like I had a very similar experience where I I brought in like 60 cases worth of sauce to a show and I only sold like 15, like totally didn't anticipate that. And not only that, I just didn't know what to expect. So once I found out like what I, why I was doing what I was doing and that's to make a positive impact, a positive and beneficial impact on the community environment around my business. That's why I source from uh, John Bowne High School. That's why I use only fair trade certified sweeteners. Um, and I try to uh, source a lot of my peppers locally from different farms from around New York City and stuff like that. And I try to make conscious decisions about my packaging. Um, try to reduce the amount of plastic my company generates and stuff like that. Awesome. So it's those decisions that I make that I, I, I'm able to walk forward even though there was some sort of devastating failure in my face.
0: Yep. It's great to kind of have a support network there. And oh, absolutely. Awesome, Tim. And uh, one last question. Where can, What's your website, uh, social media, where can people follow you and keep in contact?
2: Sure. Yeah. My website is peplish.com. Um, you can buy my sauces on there. I usually recommend buying it from other companies just because everyone wins um, the company you're buying it from, um, I win cause then I get to sell to them again and just garner better relationships with them. And also for social media, it's at peplish pretty much for everything, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.
0: Cool. I'll link in the show notes, uh, below, but Tim, thank you so much for taking your time, man. Uh, it's been awesome to connect and, uh, will we be, will we be at the New York hot sauce expo this year?
2: Um, I'm debating whether or not I'm going to go as a participant. I did apply to be a vendor and I didn't make it in
0: you and me next year. Hopefully.
2: Yeah. Hopefully. Um, Thanks again, Tim. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thanks for listening today. Thank you from Tim from peplish. We're going to have them on our craft hot sauce of the month Club, so check it out. And next episode, we got Steve Seabury. So Steve's a hot sauce legend, and we're gonna talk about putting on the, some of the best hot sauce festivals around the world. And thank you for listening. I'm excited to present this final song uh, with Danielle Hecht, Greg Blair, and Bobby Spellman. Danielle's performing on Saturday, September 9th with my fellow UMass Minuteman, Greg Blair, who's always keeping it real on saxophone. Uh, The show's at at, uh, Feinstein's 54 Below in Hell's Kitchen. So check it out and see you next time. Thank you.
1: You know you got that thing that makes the girls all swing. Mm -hmm.